Well, what is up, listeners? Happy Monday. On today's episode, we are talking about the first chapter of Ephesians. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. What's up, everybody? How are you? I'm good. Good, man. Doing well. Good to see you guys again. I miss you all yesterday. I know, I know. How was uh, being gone for a few days? It was good. It was very, very good. I missed church, though. I have to be honest. I missed playing. Uh, I thought Jason led the team really, really well. Shout out to Mr. Swank. Uh, very proud of that man. Service, it was uh, awesome. A dig at Nate. He did. Was the best How, say that again, because we yeah. were getting ready to do the baptism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, he, said, he said, well, he's like, as you guys can see next to me, uh, he says, this means two things. It means Nate took a bath this week, <laughs> and it means that we have a baptism. Yeah, oh, he, it just, just rolled just, off uh, his it tongue came like off supernatural, like so well. And Nate, I look over, and Nate's just like dying, bending mm-hmm. over. It's good. No, he's getting really comfortable, and um, that's awesome. It's so. It was so nice to see him blossom. I remember a time I invited him to a band rehearsal, and um, he just stood in the corner. And he, I didn't know that he couldn't look at paper music, you know, so I yeah. credited him off all the stuff. I gave him a light, thought like, that it would help. Like, here you go, dude. <laughs> I didn't really know how bad his vision was. Yeah. And he, I, apparently that experience to him on that one night was just so miserable that he never wanted to come back. But oh, then about yeah. six months, eight months later, he gave it another shot. My very first time meeting Jason, or at least not my first time meeting him, but bringing him to my home. Sarah, his wife, told me that he was blind, okay? Yeah. And so I, like, led him down the stairs by hand, <laughs> you know, because my ah. jam room is in the basement, and we walked into the basement. Yeah. And, like, um, we were playing guitar and talking for a little bit, and then he said something about, like, this chord structure was hard because he said he had stubby fingers, and I said, well, well why have stubby fingers, too? And then I knew he couldn't see my hands. So just like in that scene in Tarzan, I held up my hand, and I put his hand on my hand. <laughs> And I'm sure that was like the worst thing you could do with a blind person. <laughs> he was probably. Oh my gosh. He's like, I'm what sure is going he, on? I couldn't believe he didn't hate me for that. But I'm yeah. just like, see, we're the same. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, neither Jew nor Gentile. Oh, it was so yeah. bad. But and it's he, funny to think that all these, I mean, we can laugh about it now because we're like so connected with him oh, that yeah. it's, it, it's funny. You don't even, like for us. We don't even recognize it anymore. Yeah. We just know it. Yeah. My first Sunday yeah. here, he was actually the worship leader because mm-hmm. Nick wasn't here when okay. I came to visit. When you weren't here, okay, and and I, w- I didn't even know he was blind. Like I didn't yeah. even know you. You honestly yeah. couldn't have even. He's yeah. so good told. at it. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I'm super impressed. If I had if I had what he had, I'd totally make excuses. Oh, oh 100. Mm-hmm. So now I can't. One of my closest friends for sure, and I'm very grateful for for that relationship, that friendship, and that he forgave me from just making a fool of myself <laughs> yeah. and shout all out, blind people Jason, worldwide. Jason's yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but let's get into today. Let's get into today. So, brand new sermon series, um, week one. So, this is a great time if you're tuning in to the blog for the first time. Uh, we're talking about masterpiece and progress, and it is a deep dive into Ephesians. And so we started in Ephesians 1, um, no surprises there. And Nate, before we get into some of the deeper stuff, uh, why Ephesians? Why do you think this is relevant right now? And what mm. were your thoughts about it? Well, it, 
the again the theme this year is disciple maker. So um when I, I like to do multiple things throughout the year. I like to do topical um series and I also like to try to dig uh, uh, maybe not verse by verse but to dig through um you know doing scriptures exegetically uh, times throughout the year. So so we're having both and um where we're talking about important topics and then at the same time we're also talking about let's just dive into this. You know, here's what the Bible says about this and then and I think what I what I love about Ephesians is because you you get you get bits or snippets of it and other letters um in the New Testament, but I feel like Ephesians is all of it compacted into one. Uh, meaning that I'm going to understand who Jesus is and what he's done for me and my relationship with him and how to worship. And then at the same time, how am I supposed to live this out personally mm-hmm. um, in all areas of my life? And so um, I really think it is the, um, for lack of a better word usage, um, probably the gospel as a whole and one in a we call it a book, but in a letter. So that's why I want to like do it. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Hey, this is what it is. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah. Here's examples. That's right. All that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a beautiful picture. Um, and I, I want to make sure that if we're going to become fully devoted followers of Jesus, which is our vision as a church. Um, this was the next step in the right direction to accomplish that. Um, and then, of course, like after Easter, we're going to talk about the resurrection, but we're going to get into then what the church is all about and how we are to be the body of Christ mm-hmm. um, after Easter, and that's when we're going to go through Acts. We won't go through it chapter by chapter and verse by verse, but we'll we'll go through a lot of it and, um, and how it's going to impact us. But anyways, that's down the road. So we're kind of doing a progression of saying... Here's how this began. What are the bare necessities of following Jesus uh, or Christianity? What are the bare necessities of Christianity? Step two. Okay, now here's how we're going to take a look at our own selves, understanding the gospel ourselves and doing it together. Mm-hmm. So that's really what Ephesians is all about. Really cool. Really, really, really good. Um, I, I missed it in person, and I've been able to watch bits and pieces of it. Um, so I'm really relying heavily on Abe today. Uh-oh. Abram. Yeah, because Uh-oh. he was there in person. I was there. Both services, Both services. Baby. We got two of them. So he should have it memorized by now. Basically memorized, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's, so let's dive in, all right? Let's do this. Yeah. I would say a huge thing uh, that I took away, well, maybe not even take away, but it's all about... It's all about equipping us to continue. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that that's kind of the whole purpose of Scripture in general. But, I mean, w- our purpose is obviously, yes, to, to know God and to glorify Him. Like, I mean, that's pretty much, in a roundabout way, that's the takeaway. So, our big idea of our message, it goes hand in hand with that, right? Purpose of God is to bring all things together under Christ. Meaning that it's everything. It's for everyone. It's for um, every people group. There aren't variations. Yeah. So it's like that. Then once you have that focus, mm-hmm. you realize, man, what does that look like for me on a daily basis? Yeah, because the point is, is that he's restoring all of humanity back to himself, and he's restoring, uh, really. I mean, I wouldn't say all mankind to be unified, even though that would be the goal. Right. But he's really trying to unify the body of Christ. Right. That we are to be together and to live life together. Um. 
and this is how it's going to do it. But first, let's start with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's really like, that's what the first three chapters of Ephesians are all about is the gospel. Um, In fact, like I was already prepping Abe, (laughs) because he's going to be speaking week four of this. And um, so the first three weeks are getting out of the gospels. It's, it's, it's like here's here's chapter one, all of it. That was you know Sunday. Here's chapter two, all of it. Here's chapter three, and then the very next word that starts chapter four is therefore. Meaning now here's what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like that's what that's what separates this is. It's a beautiful picture because the idea is that the first thing is he has he is going to restore us to him. He's the priority, right? <laughs> and and then number two, here's how he's going to restore us together. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I think it's always interesting when Paul talks about restoration and unification, and you, and, and you started to tap on this before we trailed a little bit, is that um, Jew and Gentile both. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a lot more in Ephesians 2, but, you know, he's definitely prefacing here, getting ready. He's like amping things up yeah. in, in, in our Ephesians 1. And um, something that I thought was so interesting is in, is, is, is in my Bible here, it gives you like a little title page of everything that's going on, like who wrote this book, when was it written, how does this book fit into Christianity sort of a thing. Right. And um, if you just read this letter, okay, at least not in my mind, I would never think that this was one of the letters that Paul wrote while being imprisoned. Yeah, you wouldn't even know it. No, you wouldn't even know it, you, you know, because know he's not there complaining about that he's in prison, you know. He's he's not dividing, which is what hurt people do, you know. He's yep. doing the opposite. He's yep. building up. He's unifying. In fact, he, he like, he's talking. It feels so calm compared to other Paul writings, you know what I mean? And I, that just sticks out to me really, really big. I mean, what do you guys think of yeah. that? Yeah, it's bigger, it's bigger picture. And the other crazy thing of that is is to think about um, – Think about if we were in those in, in the Church of Ephesus shoes. Like we probably know. I mean, at least majority of them know that Paul's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> and and then they get this and they're like, "What? Mm-hmm. This is what we get?" Like yeah. he's he's totally focused on the big picture, not his current circumstance. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the picture that we as Christians have to wrestle with. And I know sometimes I probably say it to a fault and it probably drives people nuts and I, and I do apologize if it does. But the idea of following Jesus isn't like, your, your life isn't going to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no. And that, but that's the common theme in our culture is that if you would just give your life, things will fall into place. A lot of times, no, they don't actually, it's going to get harder. You're going to have to do things you never thought you'd have to do. Yeah. Um, or things you don't want to do. Um, and I think that's the reality. And it's, and, but it's not like it's because I have to. It's because, like, look what has what he's done for me. Um, I keep hearing this quite often, too, which is this p- beautiful picture of uh, sin. And I, I read a ton of, like, historical pastors and, church, and early church leaders and church fathers and things like that. <laughs> when we think of sin, I think more often than not, we don't realize how deadly and horrific sin really is, right? I think it's just like a, yeah, I mean, I know I shouldn't do it. We missed the mark by just a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, do you know, do you know what that means? Like when you sin, you know, do you understand the significance of this? The reason you're going to die, you're going to stop breathing because, 
or in your heart's going to give out, right? Because your little white lie that you thought was insignificant is going to kill you. Or even take it a step further, the God of the universe, the one who created all things and all things are here because of him, right? John chapter one, by him, all things were created, meaning Christ. All things were created by him. Um, I even like the idea of by him and for him. My sin nailed the creator of the universe to that cross. That's how heavy sin is. When I make fun of other people, when I gossip, Man, if there is if there is a sin that plagues the church in our culture today, it's that. Like I get there's all kinds of other sins, but man, that's the secret one that nobody talks about. And a lot of times we it's the uh, we're going to pray for somebody, and here's that prayer. Here's how we're going to pray for them, and then we tell about this deep dark secret that's in your heart about this person, going or to like crazy weird <laughs> yeah. detail, or what's going on. And those are the things like. I'm sorry, that's sin. You're gossiping. I don't care if it's a prayer request. That's gossip. Um, and it's a sin a lot of times we don't talk about. Anyways, back to the point. The point is, is that, man, our sin is detrimental. It is horrific. And and if we don't have an appreciation for what Christ did for us because of that sin, I think we're going to actually, I think many of us will continue to miss out on what the gospel is all about. Because it... The point of following Jesus isn't because he's trying to make your life worse. You know, oh, I have to live by these rules. Oh, I have, I can't believe I have to do this or do that. No, 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 you don't understand. You are on a trajectory of destruction, and he got in your way. Yeah. I mean, that he is, is really adoration of worship, yeah. For my Star Wars fans, it's like Jesus, the Death Star, okay. is about to annihilate the first planet ever okay okay jesus stands right in the way and says nope <laughs> not gonna happen yeah yeah this is an example luke Obviously, skywalker could, stops yeah, him clearly not in in, in the scripture. force but i I'm rebuke saying, the vader right? <laughs> like, like but just stands there stands right there and sends it right back to the death star yeah. that's what jesus does yeah. for our sin right sends that's it, right sends it right back where it came from and the reality is, is like, if you guys think that Jesus stepped foot on our earth, walked 33 years, trained us, equipped us, loved us, talked to us, had conversations with us, and had compassion on us, mm-hmm. right? Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Yeah. Had compassion, had feelings. And he did all that. He did all of those things just so you could be like, man, thanks, bro. And then just move on and continue doing what you're doing mm-hmm. or continue perpetuating your brokenness. Mm-hmm. That's not why Jesus came. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, too, um, you were talking about the what is a great, a great sin that plagues the church that's kind of like an unforeseen sin. Well, we live in a world now that is, um, how many people have heard this, right? It's better to... Um, just go ahead and go through with it, you know, and then ask for forgiveness yeah, later. Yeah, go ahead and do it and ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, and, yeah. That, and it's like, how many of us sin knowing that we're going to be forgiven? It's mm. the moment that we ask to be forgiven, so we just go ahead and go through with that sin. Yeah. You, you know, and I think yeah. um, that plagues people that are self-proclaimed Christians that aren't actually Christians. I think that plagues them greatly, but it's in the church, too. You know, oh, for sure. And, and I think all of us maybe have, have gone through something like that um, 
fill in the blank of whatever your sin is, but I think we've all done it. And that's why, I know it's later on, but it's part of his like um, little poem part, but it's this, uh, he, he, he kind of tells us, this is why it is that important to worship. Like in my notes, I wrote, this is, after he got, after I got done reading all the way through verse eight, I said, this is why we worship. This is why we serve. This is why we give. This mm-hmm. is why we love. Because there was nothing that I did to deserve being adopted into his family. He just did because he is love. And I, I think that for me is why I, I, I man, I love, I love singing. It's not my favorite way of worshiping God, but man, I do it. And that's why I like to sit up in front because I don't want to watch anybody else. Like, because in that moment, it's just me and him. And I, I want him to know that regardless of how bad my day has gone already or maybe thoughts I've had that are not, um, I don't know, godly or mm-hmm. I'm putting myself down or whatnot. In that moment, though, he is my adoration. He is the one I need and want uh, more than anything. Um, that's why a lot of times I struggle when I take when I go on trips and stuff or when I'm serving with people. Um, I think a lot of times it stinks because you know you you want to take pictures and show people like the church you know how well you know what God was doing and same but at the same time I'm like I don't take pictures a lot of times because I'm like I'm just doing this because it's what we're yeah. supposed to do mm-hmm. and. But it's, so then it's also sometimes hard to promote certain things, too, because you don't have pictures to show it. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I count on other people to do those things. But I uh, I, I just – and I'm trying to get better at that. Not not by, like, myself trying to be a better person by trying to do, you know, better, but more of a – that comes out of my being with him. And so the more that I'm with him, the more that I will naturally want to worship or serve or give because it's not because I'm doing it. It's because I'm being with him and therefore I'm, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I'm, there's this desire in me to like, okay, oh yeah, I need to do that. Here you go. You know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's, in, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what Jesus says, like, right. The world will know you by, by how you love. And that's what all those things are constituted. Our world's version of love is not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, they'll know you, are my disciples based on how you love. Loving is being generous, caring for people when they don't deserve it, showing up when nobody else will, doing mm-hmm. the things that are difficult to help and assist and serve. That's love. Yeah. And that's how people realize when they look at you like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And you're like, because I, I got something that I didn't deserve. So I need to do this for you. And it's just a response. It's, it's not a, I have to, but it's a, man, if I don't, like, I th- I think that, in a way, I almost think about it as I almost think I'm worthy of my salvation. Like, we are, oh, obviously, sure. but I almost, like, had my head, I'm like, well, I, I deserve this. Yeah, and, and you don't. And then you realize, it's just like, no, 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 in response to my, to my brokenness, like, Jesus did that for me, I need to. No, this is why I like verse four. I, I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Like I wanted to uh, highlight that on Sunday. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault uh, in his eyes. Um, this translation says, which is, I like this, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
uh, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Um, What's your thoughts on just this idea that before anything existed, like phys- like any matter existed, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. You Physical. were thought of mm-hmm. for this moment. It blows my mind. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right, but it is. And it, 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 it puts that much more emphasis on what God's definition of love is, um, that he was thinking of us and considering us. And not just considering us like, oh, that would be really cool if they liked me. No, it would be like, like yeah. it's deep, intentional. Uh, people's lives are planned out. You know, the thought that, um, yeah, they're going to mess up, but, you know, I'm going to give them another way. I'm going to, you know, salvation. It's mind-boggling. It, it, it would be like if you were going to write a book, but before you wrote the book, you know, you're, you're playing out the plot in your head and you're just... You know, and you're just falling in love with these characters, just just as you're writing the book out before there's ever, before there's something even written on paper. It's like my small brain can't yeah can't think of it another way. And I think the key word in there too is in Christ, right? So the idea is that this was all done through Him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my and favorite. And it was part, always the plan. It was always the plan. Right. My favorite part um, is actually so I read from the N- N- NIV mostly, and the very last couple words of verse four. Um, it says, to be holy and blameless in his sight. And that's what sticks out to me is in his sight, because we are, are not holy and blameless. We, we can't be. We are right. always going to be sinful. We're, we're born into this world sinful. It happened once we ate the fruit. You know, like, like we would have done the same thing if we were in Adam and Eve's position. We can't say that we're any better than them. We can't say it's not our fault. We can't say, I didn't choose to be born this way. I am this way because I am. Yeah. You know, I didn't choose to be created. I didn't choose to be a man. I didn't choose yeah. to be straight. We I've can't heard that. We, we can't argue all those things. You yeah. know, it's like we... we we are not holy and blameless, mm-hmm. but we can be in His sight because He has He has made a way to forgive us, mm-hmm. and He desires to forgive us. You know, or else why would He send His Son? You know, if He didn't want us to be <clears throat> forgiven so that we can be cleansed and to be with Him in eternity, He would never have sent Jesus. Yeah, you, we would you know just what kept I mean? doing what we were doing. Yeah, but in His sight, that just that just it just to me it feels like God's looking out for us. Yeah, absolutely, and. I think that's why I love how he opens his letter with, um, here, here's, here's who he is, here's his plan, and that plan has been revealed in Jesus, and of course it's going to come to a head, everything is going to come together when he comes back and this is all done, you know, when the last, last moment of uh, scriptures lived out and this we're now in the new Eden, right? Everything is going to come under the authority of Christ. And he, but at towards the end of this, he says um, in eighteen, verse eighteen, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called His holy people, who are His rich and glorious inheritance. And that's where I, that that's why I wrote this is important: the difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone, mm-hmm. and and I, I think that I, 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 one of my questions is I wanted to ask you guys too to talk more about this is how do you know you know him rather than just knowing about him? Like what's the difference between those things? Because the reason I, I'm curious about this because I'm convinced, 
uh, I'm not talking about Avenue right now. I'm just I'm talking about like uh, the, the church as a whole. Okay, I, I'm convinced that there are way more people who call themselves Christians who think they know Him, but really, if we're really honest, just know about Him. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they're own, they're blinded to their own quote unquote revelation because. I feel like there is a major difference between knowing him and knowing about him. And I, I was like, I mean, but I thought maybe we should talk that out a little bit. And like, who, what does that mean? And what is, what are the characteristics of that or details of that? First thing that pops to my mind is that um, when you are young in your faith, or maybe you haven't really adopted Christianity yet, or when you're just learning about it, or when you know about God, I'll put it in your words, okay? Um, sin is a gray area and you haven't developed the understanding of those morals yet, okay? You still question, is that a sin? Why is that a sin? Oh, you're talking about like your infancy of following Christ. Right, you know, like if you just know about God, you may have heard that word sin, but then you're like, well, is this a sin? Is this a sin? Is this a sin? But when you know God and when you've had a relationship and you truly know, know, know Him, you don't have to ask if this is a sin anymore. You just know that it's a sin, and I think that's God revealing things to you. Um, I think, um, I think this might be in Matthew. I think this is. I think. I think Jesus says that you know, the more time that you spend with God, the more He reveals to you. Or maybe, or maybe He says something. Um, oh, yeah. You'll be revealed to things as you as you. Um, yeah, He also connect with Him. He also says that. Um, why would I give you? Why would I give you more when you haven't even done the things that I've already mm-hmm. like I've already required? Yeah. Right, and that's the picture is to say. We've got to start on kind of like what we're already doing, but we've got to start on the basics. Like, yeah. what does it mean to, to know Jesus, not just know about him? Or honestly, a lot of people in our, I guess we'd say in our churches, especially in our culture, they believe in God. Mm-hmm. That's the true. extent. Yeah. And I would say many people would say they believe in God, even people who don't go to church. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. I had friends like that in high school. And I'm like, no, you guys aren't, you're not understanding. Just because you believe that there's a creator of the universe, Scripture's clear. Everyone will know there's a creator of the universe just by looking at the trees. But Yeah, it says that. But you don't know him. You just know of him. So, so it's like you've got to get to a point where you know who he is and what he's asked of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other big thing is what has he asked us to do in response? And I think a lot of us love the the embrace, <laughs> but we don't like the, um, the send off. Okay. I'm embracing you as, as a savior and as the Lord of the universe. And, and here's what you need to be doing in response, the send off the goodbye. I mean, in a sense, wave yeah. goodbye. Like this is what you're now commissioned to do. Yeah. And that's where knowing him comes into play because if you know him, you know what he wants. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you, and then you have the ability to go, do it. You're equipped to do it. And why, why is our world, why are we not seeing our world change? Is because there aren't people that know Jesus. There's people who know about all him. about him. Yeah. So if we go full circle here, Abe, Yeah. how do you know that you know him versus know of him? I think that's the well, point of the question. You check your heart. I would say the answer to it is to say, and I've done this myself, because I can tell you two years ago, this Abe Cunningham did not love Jesus. I like Jesus. Jesus was cool. 
He was a great addition to my life. I went to church every Sunday. I didn't miss it. But I didn't read my Bible consistently. I didn't love what he said. And John 8, 47, I've said it probably two podcasts in a row, but it is stuck in my head. And Jesus tells these, these Jews that if you love God, you will follow his words gladly. And if you don't, you do not love God. And I am like, it is yeah. ingrained in my head. Even First John talks about that. If you can't, if you don't love a fellow believer, um, love isn't in you. Yeah, the love of God isn't in you, and therefore you're not a follower. Yeah. And it's and it's just like that is my that's Whew. what's etched into me is you've got to check your heart. If those things don't matter to you, you probably just know about it. I I do think that there are. Like um, that, the whole second part of Ephesians though really digs into this definitely more. Um, when we start getting into chapters four, five, and six, um, it digs into this a little bit more. But I, I would agree that if we're not consistently in the words of Jesus, meaning the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, John—and um, we're wanting that to be applied to our lives, I, I would say, yeah, that's true, uh, because again. The, the reason we do the soap, and I'm sure there's other ways of doing journaling and stuff like that too, um, is that there's got to be an application. You have to be a doer of the word. I mean, the brother of Jesus talks about that. Uh, he actually has a section in a letter that he writes, and he says you can't just can't just read the Bible. You know, can't read God's word and then go away and forget what it says. No, you have to do it. If you don't do it, then the love of God's not in you because you don't you're not living out your faith. And so I, yeah, I think don't, don't hear us. Don't hear me say like, if you struggle, then you're, then you don't know Jesus. I mean, right. I don't think that that's not what I'm trying to say. I don't want that to be the, the heart here because I don't want people to think, well, you know, I did this. Well, I must not know Jesus. It's, it's not meant to be perfection, but you have to care about it. You have to value it. If there, if there <laughs> is zero value yeah. ever, you need, you've got to check your heart. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's it though. Is that there, there's got to be something in you, even if you're an infant, right? You you just gave your life to Jesus, but if you just gave your life to Jesus, there's something in you that wants Him though. There's there's a desire in there. Now you may not understand everything that Scripture teaches you how to live and things like that, but here's where it gets really hairy for me though. Is okay, but that was five years ago, mm. you know. That was 20 years ago. That was uh, two years ago. And you're still living, doing, thinking, and walking the same way you did yeah. that far ago. That's where I'm kind of like, uh. You end up being like the rich man that says, Lord, what do I have to do to follow you? And Jesus says, you need to sell all your possessions. And yeah. he walks away sad. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that a way to know if you know God or if you just know of God is that when truth is revealed to you, how you take it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point because he talks about how he, the rich young ruler talks about how he obeyed all the commandments, which he hadn't, but in his mind he thought he had. Yeah. He, he was good. Yeah, he was good. But then Jesus <laughs> nails the heart. Like, and he did the ones that all the, he did the commandments that all the things that I can do without God. Well, at least I think I can, which is not true either. So that's when he gets to the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is that he's not, he's not telling all people to go sell your possessions, give support, and follow him. Whatever but what he is. is saying is he's going to challenge the very thing that your heart desires because there is no competition. It's either God or stuff. Mm-hmm. And for that example, 
he knew the only way that this guy was ever going to have eternal life was he's going to have to get rid of his wealth. Yeah. And for other people, that might be your ego. Yeah. For other people, that might be, in a way, your kids. Don't take that the wrong way. For sure. You know. um, Where are they out on the platform? On a pedestal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, um, you know, it could be be wealth, like that guy. It could Mm -hmm. be wealth, possessions, ego, power, pride. Oh, for sure. Fill it in. Status, anything. Yeah. Instagram followers for my under 25 listeners. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I've I've been caught in that trap. (laughs) I have. Yeah. I seriously have. Yeah. It's real. I tell you what, not having Facebook on my phone has been great. Ever since the fast, I never put it back on. Yeah. And uh, it's been wonderful. Yeah. I, again, because, because we get back to the question is, do, do we know him or do we know about him? Yeah. And, and all those things are really important. That's why it's so imperative that we are a part of the body of Christ consistently. That's why we're in community. That's why we are... Um, wanting to live out the faith that God has asked us to. Because at the end of the day, salvation is completely all about uh, f- in, with high price He paid, but free for us, that we are saved by grace through faith. And through that process, um, I have eternal salvation. Like in that moment, uh, I am with Him. But... And that's always a really important thing is that we have to continue, not not because I need to stay in salvation, that's not it, but because I want to be with Him. Right. The and, question is more, more is the root there, yeah. not is it perfect? Yeah. It's more so, do like did you come to an initial realization of your position to God, accept that free gift... And now we're moving forward. It's not. It's not a. Hey, if you don't do these things, act these things, or or um, have all of this in the perfect alignment. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not, you're not doing it right. Yeah, and I'll say this. I I do. I didn't share it this Sunday. I don't think I'm going to share it the next two weeks. But I'll share it on here. Um, like Acts 19 is kind of the beginning where we're, we're introduced to Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, and Paul shows up on the scene. Right? He's there for about two and a half years. Um, this is towards the end of his ministry though. So, um, but there's, it's still a brand new church. He started it. Um, now that there was at least 12 men who was a part of that beginning process because they had heard, you know, the message of John the Baptist, but they hadn't really heard about Christ yet and the Holy Spirit. Right. So there's a little bit of that story. It continues on just the city's got so many issues, but this church is doing it. Okay. Um, and so you, we have this letter, which is a beautiful picture. But then in Revelation chapter 2, there's another letter written to them. Now, this is obviously years have gone by. Paul's now dead. Um, but this is from John, and it was a re- revelation that he received from Christ to send to the church. I want to read that real quick because I want you to see what had happened and say a short amount of time. Okay. Um, it says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven gold lampstands. That's all about completeness. That's Christ. Um, things like that. Verse 2. I know, now he's talking to the church. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. Which would make sense because the city is super into worshiping Greek and Roman gods. Mm-hmm. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. 
I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up, up, up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. So he's commending them. Well done. Yeah. You know, it's like you're, you're fighting a battle and you're not losing. But look what he says next. He says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. So this is the moment when Paul comes and they receive the gospel of Jesus. He lays hands on them. The Holy Spirit fills them. Like the, this is that moment, mm-hmm. that, or at least in that time frame. And for the next three months, you know what happens. He says, you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet the, yet this you have, you hate the works of the, Nicolaitans, the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will great. I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God, meaning the garden, right? It's an incredible picture to say, you guys are doing well. You're fighting. You're, um, uh, you're standing firm um, in, say, the gospel and things like that. But they have forgotten where they had come from, though. And that was a place where they didn't know him. And God revealed that to him when Paul showed up and, um, and remembered that they were trusting him. So my guess along the way is that they made it about themselves then. Mm. Look at us. Look what we're doing. We're standing firm to the gospel. We're holding on. We're fighting these false doctrines. These apostles who are coming are false. We, we can see right through their lies. We're doing all the right things. We're doing all the right things, except... We're not giving God the praise and glory for it because it's only by His grace and mercy that can we do these things. Mm. So, Father, so that's basically saying we need to repent and get back to this idea of the Lord needs to be sitting on that throne, not us. And, um, and understanding that I, too, am still in need of His grace and mercy each and every day. You know, I never knew that correlation. I've only <clears throat> read through Rev- Revelations 1, and it, it, it hurt my brain so much I forgot that part yeah. completely. But I wonder if and now after reading that, you said that was in Revelation 2? Yeah, Revelation chapter 2. Now after reading that, I wonder if that's what in Ephesians 1, the what we're reading now in verses 18 and 19, I wonder if that makes more sense now. So mm. this is Paul saying in verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, okay? The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power that is the same as the mighty strength he, assert, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in, in the heavenly realms. Okay, right here. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, right there, but also in the one to come. So, mm-hmm. like, Paul is setting them up for the future, and I wonder if, I wonder if this writing, you know, um, I wonder if Paul may be somehow warning them, you know, yeah, open the eyes of your heart now, but don't lose it. Yeah. Don't lose sight, because if you do, then that's what we see happened in Revelation. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, because, uh, and that's, I think that's what's really important about this. A lot of times there's a, 
hey, here's what you're doing well in. Uh-huh. You know, let's talk about the good things that God is doing in you and through you. All right. Now here's, we need to talk about this, this sounds part. like staff evaluation right there. some wins. Wait a minute, I haven't had mine yet. We're <laughs> taking L's in right now, dude. But that's, yeah, that's usually like the you, thing. But... but here's the thing. There's <laughs> always a but. Here's what's great. But here's what's not great. Yeah. Uh, here's how we can improve, right? You have great hair, but. <laughs> Shave the beard. No, it's good. <laughs> Oh my I don't goodness. think Nick and I are planning on shaving anytime. No, Actually, I, I might. Oh, no. Maybe that's neither here, here, here nor there. I got to wait till I get a tan first. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. I, I think the point, though, it, I think you're right, though, is that it's a, it's a picture that we can't forget where we came from. Mm-hmm. Like even Liz and I were talking about this a few, well, goodness, a few weeks ago. And, man, I love that she's spending time with Jesus. She, I mean, she does every single morning. She gets up and it's her thing that she looks forward to the most. She gets her coffee ready. And then the kids know, actually, the, our kids know, if you wake up before your alarm, do not go out and bother mom. Like, that's a, that's already a... That's a sin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because the idea the is that for her is to be with Jesus first. Hmm. I love that. And, you know, I've even learned um, what my time is and, well, where's my place if don't, don't bother me. Um, and so... But like for example, the reason the reason I said that the reason I'm telling you those things is because through that time with him, we've come to the conclusion that we started to walk away from the, some of the things that we saw God do at Avenue in the beginning, and we're like, we can't do that, like we we can't forget how we got here, and we can't forget how good God has already been. That's right, and so like we were like we're too busy, we have things going on, our kids are in so many things, um, now with her new job. You know, there's times in where she's going to be gone. And so we're kind of like, you know, we just, okay, we'll figure out our schedule. But in doing that, we have walked away from building relationships with people and new people. Um, and that's how we did it for the first few years. Um, and so we've kind of said, you know what? There's like a repenting. And we're saying we have forgotten what we did, what we have done to get here. Um, no matter how big or how much the church grows, let's not forget how we got here and do the things that helped us to get here. Continue to do those things um, because in those things, it still puts people first. Um, and so that's some of the things that we've tried to really look back at our schedule and say, okay, we're going to get back to doing what we did in the beginning um, when it comes to building relationships with individuals and people. But I think the same is true here. Like I th- I think that's the point that he's trying to get across in Revelation. But at the same time, this is what Paul is referring to in the beginning of his letter. Here's how I'm praying for you. I'm praying these things for you because I don't want you to forget. Because Paul's no longer there, right? It's always great when your leader is there. But what happens when your leader is not there? Well, somebody's got to step up. Others have to step up. And you've got to still do what he did or what she did to get you there. Yeah. Uh, things like that. What's the saying? When the cat's away, the mice are at play. Yeah, it might be a saying. I don't. I, I don't know is. that one. I think it is. Sure. At least in my in my time at Chick Fil A, I had mm-hmm. a few instances <laughs> of. Uh, yeah. I've uh, I've always heard you know when the parents are away, the children will play. It's the same thing. Same though, thing. Same you know. concept. But I think mm-hmm. that's same for our faith too, and that's the reality of keeping 
the resurrection at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. yeah. Is this is how we continue to spur on. And that mm-hmm. all of us, all of us, all of us were on a path towards destruction. Mm-hmm. And by God's grace, he got in my way. And I can't, rem- I can't forget that. That all people that I serve, love, have conversations with, um, what, whatever, in the community that I'm eating dinner with, a waitress, waiter, uh, people I run into, whoever it is, every single one of them are on a path or were on a path that I was once on. Mm. And I have to remember that God called me into his loving grace just as, like, just as much as he is calling others. And I have to be ready for that. And I have to see them the same way that he saw me in that moment. And he's still seeing me to this day. So that's great if that's what we need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, I think we all can agree at this table. You know? Yeah. That's, how, that's, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. But I think what everybody falls short on, or maybe they just stop there, or maybe this is just a struggle of mine, is like now... What is the how? How do we put that into practice? It's one thing to just say, okay, well, just don't forget where you came from. How do I not forget where I came from? You know, where, where, do, where do we get the, um, you know, I, I keep thinking just put in practice. Practice is in my head because, you mm-hmm. know, because of my trait and my worship leader p- position. And I just think practice, 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 right? You know, um, so that's all I can think in my head. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of I, when when you say that, I almost think of uh, almost like Legos. Seriously, in a, in a real way. Okay. Um, you, you lay your base Legos. Like if you're building a Lego set, you always have a you have a starting point, right? Um, and then you continue to build, and you continue, and you continue, and you continue. And if you're building a huge Lego set like some that I have, it takes weeks. <laughs> Sorry, not to flex. Uh, totally flex. As a kid, you know. <laughs> But, he's flexing on oh, the, uh, the $80 ten-year-olds out there, sorry, like sorry, eat sorry. it, ten-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, eat it, ten-year-olds. Um, no, but Zeke, if you're listening, sorry, mm-hmm. no disrespect. <laughs> but uh, it's it's all about building. If you take the foundational blocks away, your set is no longer the set. It it is no longer what you started in the beginning. It's whole. It's the whole thing. Okay. So just because you add bricks doesn't mean you take away. Yeah, but I th- I also think too that's the the reminder. That's why we take communion at times. Um, like I was a part, and I I'm, I don't have anything against this as well. You know, churches that take communion every Sunday, but if you're not careful, it just becomes a ritual, and you forget what it's about. Hmm. Um, but communion in and of itself is to remind us what Jesus did for me, and how He forgave me. Um, I mean, it's about it's about Good Friday. That's what that's what communion is all about. The literal, the literal sense. The literal sense. It's to remind you, and and to remind me, I can't do anything without Him. I mean, I I don't care if, if you're a pastor or if you're leaders, and you're like, man, look at our church. FYI, your church didn't get there because you're cool. Um, it didn't especially get, not our church. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you didn't get there because of something awesome or whatnot. It got there because God allowed it to happen. And God was moving. And God's drawing people to himself. And he's using you to do that, even in our foolishness. 
mm-hmm. right? And mistakes. And our mistakes, right? Accomplishing it, as well regardless. That's right. Even if I'm doing it on my own behalf and I'm boasting about myself, it doesn't matter. He's still using that even though you're going to have a significant punishment for that. He's still using you to draw others to him and he's going to wake them up. Like it's just, it's a constant reminder of saying things like communion help me, uh, staying in the word. That's why we have to read um, all the time, uh, I, especially Paul's writings. You know, he's just constant reminder, like I'm the chief of sinners, but by God's grace, I've been saved, mm-hmm. right? Um, his, him writing this letter in prison is a reminder of, I know where I've been. You know, I killed Christians. I, I, I get this. And I will, I will take this all the more to proclaim his name and to, pray, to proclaim his glory and his goodness to the world. Um, now, again, Paul is an extreme. <laughs> well, he's an extreme extremist probably for Americans. But <laughs> Christians around the world, they go through what Paul went through. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's a constant reminder even in the stories and testimonies of people, which is why I like to play testimonies through baptisms. Because, again, it's a constant reminder that we've all begun in the same place on our path towards hell. And those reminders, those testimonies help me to remember, it's by God's grace that I'm here. Thank you, Jesus, for their story of what you were doing in their life. Mm-hmm. Help me to remember where I came from and yeah. live in that reality. Earlier in this podcast, you were talking about, um, I think it was verse 4, mm-hmm. and then you said, you know, that's why we worship sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I think worship is a great way to bring ourselves back to the how, you know, back to, um, you know, putting into practice everything that we're supposed to be putting into practice. You know, what what Jesus said, what what Paul reiterated, all those things. And um, sometimes, especially in a church setting, worship is, is weird because it mm-hmm. does feel ritualistic and mm-hmm. it does For feel sure. like we sing just out of tradition and you know we all well, have favorite songs yeah we're all here together that's what yeah in churches you know we we come together we sing and you know when it gets to a point that that's all it is then you know we need to re- remake the wheel and and um or whatever that phrase is um reinvent yeah reinvent the wheel and um one of my biggest fears is that you know worship is just is just us singing songs? Um, I think that when you have the mindset of worship and you're singing some of these really really powerful hymns, or when you're singing some of these songs that um, uh, some of the, like of what David was saying, right? You know, David David prayed prayed really really strong, and David was really emotional. And, and he wasn't afraid to show God his emotion, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All, yeah. all these things. And um, sometimes when we sing these songs, the lyrics in these songs are very, very powerful. You know, I need you, God. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. And you have to ask yourself, do you really need God like every single hour? Like, where are you at mentally? But yet you're still going to stand there and sing these words. It's like sometimes we have to sing as a reminder of where we've been. Or a reminder that, hey, I might be going through a good time right now, but there was a time I was going through a bad time. Mm-hmm. Or you need a reminder that, you know what, yeah, I do need to come back to grips with this. I do need God every hour, you know what I mean? Because in that moment, you, you, might, you might have forgotten that of everything that God has done for you or where you came from or, or how far you've come mm-hmm. or, just, or just the blessings that God gives you daily. 
you know, and I think that's why we sing. Um, and of course, I'm biased because I'm just a lowly little worshiper. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's legit. I mean, I have a perfect example of that. As was, I don't even know, a couple of weeks ago when we were singing the song, I don't know exactly how it was. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, but it's even if even if if I don't, the rocks will. Mm-hmm. And that humbled me so much to say, "Dude, I don't, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need you, man. If if I wanted somebody just to praise me, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Like the angels are doing it. Yeah, they're I, doing I don't it. need you to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's to say, but I want you to. I need, I want you to, and and you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the because it's good for you. I think that's where like the tension was a few weeks ago. And, I think maybe oh, you brought it up. Liz you're like, agitated, yeah, she's like, yeah, I don't know what you said. Like, we don't, like, he doesn't need, or is it what? You you said uh, we don't do, we don't worship for him. Yeah, that's right. We don't. We worship for ourselves. That sounds funny, though, because it's not like I'm worshiping me. That was an ear catcher for me, too. Yeah, because it was, the idea. It was an ear catcher for a lot of people. It probably was because you don't think of it that way. But the worship isn't for him in the, in the sense of does he need it? Yeah. No, of course he doesn't need it. The worship is for my heart because I'm a sinner. I need him. It is our response. It's our response. It's checking us. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. why, again, worship, again, is for our heart. It's not for him. He doesn't need it. He's God. He's sustainable on his own. He's, by definition, is love and truth. Mm -hmm. You know, therefore, I need worship because I need him more than any. I need him more than the breath in my lungs. And so I, I just love that picture. And so I think that's the beautiful picture of the first part of Ephesians 1 is to say, here's the, all these reasons, and this is why we worship. So anyways, I think that's that gets us going. It gets us started off the ground when it, when it comes to his letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, I heard that one of your challenges to the congregation this week was to read Ephesians on their own mm-hmm. and kind of dwell on that. So hopefully all of our listeners, you guys are getting into that. Um, it's a very short read. I mean, of yeah, all the really homework is. that you could have, I mean, yeah. Ephesians 1, what is there, like 30 verses? 20, 20, no, there's 23, 23. verses. 23 yeah. verses. Pretty you light. could do that in... You you could do that in your lunch hour, easy, you know. Speed read that, and I I read slow. You, I mean, maybe two minutes, and then what? Five minutes to write about that? Maybe to soap it up. I don't know if I could read it in two minutes. I read really slow. Maybe five minutes. Give me five minutes and like peanut butter sandwich, something really chew on, you know. Chew on it. (laughs) That works. Ten minutes total. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're approaching the fifty-five minute mark. Let's talk about next week. So next week is, um, it, it's, again, it's the continuation of the good news, the gospel, and why we need it. Mm-hmm. But w- next week is the reason for the title of the message, um, Masterpiece in Progress. Because we actually oh, talk, cool. we read that he is, we are his original masterpiece in a sense. So mm-hmm. um, it, again, it's a beautiful picture of how much we need him and more importantly though what he's doing in us and through us so yeah well, uh, uh, you can uh, jump uh, ahead too if you want <laughs> well i don't want i don't want to jump ahead too much read but, but too. it's just like um there is some great great one-liner verses in ephesians oh too. for sure i see i see a couple just right now one, ephesians my favorite two, ones ephesians yeah, two, yeah, ten just, is one of my favorites oh, eight is is one of mine just just a little taste yeah for it is by grace that you have been saved through oh yeah faith. 
This is not from yourselves. It is yeah. a gift of you God. Can't boast. Not by works, so yep. that no one can boast. Yeah. And we were just talking about that. You yeah. know, my my church is doing great because Dude, I'm pretty yeah. cool, bro. Uh, yeah. no, Look at because, my church, yo. You know, <laughs> just just be grateful that God is using you because he cannot Dude, our, use you pretty easy too. Our pastor yeah. has a private jet. We're sweet. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny too, because I heard a pastor say one time, and maybe it was a Francis Chan thing, I don't remember. I, I want to say it was. It's like Look, pastors are comparing salt. Like, look how big my pile of salt is. It's like, <laughs> yeah, your pile of salt's not doing anything unless you spread it. Yeah. So, a, a, a you need to shake that salt out. Both out. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for next week. Cool, cool. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, we are also excited for next week, the second week of Masterpiece in Progress. If you guys have any questions about what you heard today, what you read in your reading throughout Ephesians 1s, you can message or email any one of us. Nick, Abe, or Nate at churchontheab.com. And uh, all, always feel free to comment in whatever platform that you're looking at. I know Spotify, there's poll questions and things like that that you guys can have fun with looking at and answering. Um, we usually just ask, what do you think about this? But, you know, still, be honest, be truthful. We want to know what you think. If you don't we like also it, wanna... it's the word of the Lord. doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Boom. JK. Boom. Um, but we want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Um, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think about Ephesians and Paul in general. It'd be great. Anything else, guys? I don't think so. All right. I'm signing off. See you next week. <laughs>